Hi, I'm Jess. And I'm George. And this is Transpantastic. A podcast about gender, identity, orientation, and all the life that happens between it. Like work. Yes, work is one of those things. Even coming up on six years on now, Mm -hmm. there's still these things that keep coming up in the way that people treat you and the way that they interact with you. Yeah, it's kind of funny. And you've noticed that since your work schedule has changed, mm-hmm. you have that once in a while. one day a week that you don't work with your work wife. Correct. My work wife is very social. She is. And if she's there, like actually in the office, and I'm there, she'll come by and grab me and say, let's go see so-and-so. I wish I could come by your work and grab you. <laughs> so being that there's mostly women in that building, 9.7 times out of 10, it's uh, another woman. Yes. But I'm going with. You're the tag along. You're, you're the sidekick. And there's a woman buffer who is, I almost said your woman, but like you guys are friends, you are going as a pair, and there's another woman there to be the, the woman interacting with women. Yeah. So you're not just wandering up like a random dude. Hey, can I talk to you? People expect to see both of us. We're a bit notorious that way. A little bit. Yeah. Even our our Shakespeare friend, we went up to see her the other day and uh, she said, oh, here comes double trouble. Ha ha. Yeah. We have have nicknames. So yeah. So then we'll go visit somebody and I'll talk to them. And I, I could go talk to these people and check in with them, but not spend as much time as, you know, a social visit. Because it's mostly women, it would be business too. Right. But you would just talk about business then. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't talk about all these other things. Right. That, you know, my work wife starts talking to them about and maybe they get me to interject. Wow. Yeah. Usually about children. Of course. Yes. Because our Shakespeare friend has one of those kind of kids. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. But when my work wife is not there, I have to remember to take these breaks. Otherwise, I'm at desk too long. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, ah, get me away from here. Right. So the other day when when my work wife was off, about probably about three o'clock, I thought, I have had enough of this desk. And that's when this all occurred to me. And so I thought, well, who can I go talk to? And there's a bunch of women that sit right by me. Mm -hmm. And they're in my cohort. Yes. But it it can be weird to be chatty with the other women at work. Um, Taken the wrong way. Unless you are flamboyantly gay, the other women will be weird also. They're usually just very short. There's one of them who's been to our house, who noticed our photos, and who looked at my boss like, oh, wait a second. Yeah. Our boss was like shrugging the shoulders like, oh, yeah, that's it. Yep. So... And she has a bunch of kids. She has like four or five of them. And Mm -hmm. she'll talk to me about kid things. Okay. And she's very comfortable. She doesn't get weird. But the other ones all, you know, they talk to you for a second. Yep. So I I thought, I've got to take a break. I need to go talk to somebody. What guys do I know that are working right now? That's (laughs) funny. Because if I'm going to have a conversation, I have to go find some guy. Yeah. And I have to talk to him about guy things. Okay. Yeah. I I can follow you there. Yeah. I'm not going to go talk to him about my kids. It's just not the way it works. Not usually unless you've already bonded over the parenting thing. Right. Which typically you have not because nobody's had an in-depth conversation because we're all a bunch of guys talking about sports ball or nothing. (laughs) So that's what I did. I went went down to uh, the security desk and talked to the guy there who I've known for many, many, many years. Yes. It took him a long time to stop calling me dear. (laughs) <laughs> I went down to talk to him about swap coolers. Okay. Yeah. And air conditioning. Yes. And asked him if he had set up his uh, air conditioning for the year. Home improvement is a reasonable man topic. 
It is. Not that there aren't plenty of women who do these things. A couple of women at work have mentioned things that they have fixed. Yes. And uh, they feel handy. That's great. Yeah. So, but yeah, everybody else they talk to for a minute. And That's funny. So, so sometimes, like, you know, it's baseball season again. Sometimes I'm looking through the baseball news. Right. And I see something about one of the baseball teams that one of the other guys at work, that's his baseball team. Right. So I could say to myself, oh, look, there's so-and-so's team. Mm-hmm. I could talk to him about that next time I see him. Yep. Save that one up. Exactly. Next time I need a break. That's funny. Isn't it? This this must be like an introvert thing because see, I don't store up things to talk to other people about. If I think of a thing that I would talk to someone about, I would go and talk to them about it or text them about it or well, email them. Or... I, I think it's a difference between men and women too. Okay. That, that's, a, that's a problem I'm having is before as a person who is perceived as a woman, I could go over and say one or two things to one of the other women that are, you know, all the ones that are sitting by me and they would just start talking to me and then I would interject some things. Yep. And that was our conversation. Yep. But now if I go over and say something, they say yes or something and then that's it. They have minimal interest in maintaining their admittedly sizable end of the conversation. Yeah, because then it could be uh, weird between men and women. Like I know from, from old experience, nobody wants to talk to some guy. Fair. He's just going to bother you one way or the other. Yeah. So they don't want to talk to me. Well, I think that's funny because how many of them have known you long enough that you're not just some guy? A lot of them and and a few of them, will t- those ones will talk to me. Okay. But a lot of the ones that sit by me haven't. Okay. Yeah. And I don't mean like know you as not just some guy as in like be aware of your transition, but like they have uh, a history of having conversations with you. They know enough about your world too. Yeah. Like the one I gave the loft bed to that used to be number two child's. Right. That one talks to me all the time. She's very talky anyway. Yeah. She talks to everybody. That's that's interesting. The talky ones will talk all the time. And I don't know if this is a gender thing or just an extreme extroversion thing, but like there are very few males at my work that I would think of as just some guy. Like the ones I've actually interacted with, I would maintain a conversation with any of them. You're a non-binary person. I am. You don't look at it the same way. I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. I can see that. And that's why I said I'm not sure how much of it is a gendery thing and how much of it is just being an autistic extrovert. Yeah. You might not notice. Exactly. What was happening outside of your conversation <laughs> uh, about whatever it was you were talking. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that's a thing. Yeah, that's a thing. And... Speaking of being a non-binary person at work, I went on a road trip with my boss, or I think we actually call it a business trip. (laughs) Yeah, it's a business trip because you're working. Yes. I got paid to take a road trip with my boss. Yeah. It's weird. I used to take a lot of road trips, so it's not weird to me. Yeah, yeah. we're we're in such a rural type place. We are in a rural type place, and because we live in a small town not too far from the capital, but then the capital is where they manage the whole state from, I get to go all over the giant state. Yes. Whee! You do. So did I when I worked for the state. I remember you telling me about those things, and and I'm like, eh. They, They easily send you from a northern or southern or western or eastern part of the state. They'll send you anywhere in that quadrant or even that half of the state. Yes, that is true. They will send you from the northeast corner to the northwest corner, which is quite a drive. Yes, they will. And you'll get a day's worth of pay just out of that drive. (laughs) Yep. 
that's kind of wild to me. Yep. So, yeah, it was kind of wild going out and visiting schools. and. So, so how was that riding with your boss? Well, I think I've mentioned before, probably way too often, that he and I were friends before he was my boss. Right. That all accusations of nepotism aside, he picked me because we had a work history together and he knew my skills and he knew that I could do the job that he wanted done. And he was right. He was right. Mm-hmm. Today, I was just telling you about some of the challenges I'm facing with being a content and standards analyst. And you're like, oh my gosh, I can't imagine... And I'm like, it's what I do. I kind of like it. And somebody has to like it. Somebody has to like it. Yes. Statistically, I guess I I got picked. I'm I'm on the tail of that bell curve. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It was kind of wild. So hours and hours in the car driving across the state, being my weird non-binary self. He's good with that though. because He is because he is aware of his privilege and not like he has leaned away from being a stereotypically masculine man. Mm-hmm. He has a lot of qualities that one might consider effeminate. Mm-hmm. He's still very much cishet, mm-hmm. heteroflexible, but coached football, mm-hmm. modeling a non-toxic masculinity for his students and players. What do you call the yes, football, subordinates under the coach? Players. Yes, the players. Yes. Yeah, they're players. <laughs> sports ball. Sports ball. It's a sports ball. It is a sports ball. Yeah. So, yeah, like we're driving across the state and he plays for me. Finally, I got around to listening to Amanda Palmer's new album. And he said, so what did you think of that? And I'm like, she has a lot of feels. (laughs) (laughs) And he was like, oh, yeah, I forget you're a robot. He likes that, huh? I kind of feels music. He likes the feels music. I, I like her music. The music was good. The music is good. Her way with words is good. Her way with assembling lyrics and rhythm to the music is good. The example I used to give of this skill when I was teaching music to upper level students was the one song by the, I think it's by the Killers. Somebody told me that you had a boyfriend that looked like a girlfriend that I had in February of last year. And you could be concise and say, I heard your new boyfriend looks like my old girlfriend. But they didn't say that. They said this whole other string of words that fit into the rhythm along with the melody. Mm -hmm. And Amanda Palmer also has a gift for that kind of synthesis. Mm -hmm. So I appreciated that. But all the feels, I was just like, my God, woman. (laughs) (laughs) So that was that. Mm-hmm. And then we get to our hotel and we check in and, you know, all throughout this trip, I'm commenting on the fact that, you know, if I just go in and look like a woman, then everything's easier. And so, yeah, he said something like, well, why don't you just act like, you know, present yourself as yourself? And I said, because then people get cognitively hijacked by not knowing what the hell box to put me in, in their brain. And then they can't do any other damn thing with me either. Mm-hmm. It's true. So I've played that game before. You have. I lived that game a long time. You did. Mm-hmm. And it's funny. So we got to the hotel and we went in and he's like opening the door for me. Go on in, <laughs> little lady. <laughs> and this is hilarious to me. And like, we're both just like giving each other these looks like, what really? This? <laughs> really? <laughs> what happened? Yeah. And uh, then we went for dinner. And when we got back to the hotel, there was a fire truck there. Did I tell you about this? No. He knows that I'm Pan and Polly. And he says, so there's a fire truck. What kind of men are you into? (laughs) (laughs) You said, not those ones. 
And I was like dumbfounded. And as I was trying to process this, I probably did that thing where like my mouth shuts down because my brain is on overdrive and uh-huh. people think I'm ignoring them. Yes. And and they're like, hello, hello. Yeah. And so like as I'm trying to process this and I, I realized it the next day and I told them as we were driving out to one of these schools we had to visit, I think I realized what kind of man I'm into. The kind that can't impregnate me. Right. And everything else that I like about people is just what I like about people. Right. So I don't think they have any of those on a fire truck in the middle of nowhere, but they could. Right. No, thank you. (laughs) I've got too many other things to do. That's funny that he thought of that when the fire truck was there, because most women I know want to go see the firemen. That is funny to me. Yeah. They're like, ooh, firemen. Well, and the one thing about that that I do understand is that they like people who are in uniform and people who look like they take good care of themselves. Mm-hmm. Because I also like those things. And that was something that I, you know, as we continued to have this conversation about... I'm just sort of educating him at that point. He's expressing interest and I'm just continuing. Here's a pan and be one example. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, I said, you know, I, I like people who take good care of themselves. And, you know, I mean, I think that's the only physical characteristic that I'm attracted to is that someone has taken good care of themselves. That's not a size thing or a body composition thing That as much as it is like dressing yourself and personal hygiene and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so I said, oh, I used to date a lot of femmes because they take good care of themselves, but they're hella drama. So I'm all done with that. Mm-hmm. And he says, oh yeah, women are weird. And I was like, yeah, they are. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny that he can say that to you. Yeah. Well, because he knows that I'm not one. Yeah. And at this point, I think my entire office suite, the the group of offices that I am in off of the main hallway, I'm pretty sure that my entire team of four or five people knows that I am non-binary. Ooh, entire team of four or five. Right? Yeah. Because the jaded guy, uh-huh. he and I trade music stuff all the time because he's he plays in a cover band and he, you know, plays music in town. Uh-huh. And he's the guy that likes your $10 words. He's the guy that likes my $10 words. Yeah. Um, and then the person on the other side of me in our office suite, she started a music degree oh. before she went into business. Mm-hmm. We talk all the time about these things. And I mentioned, you know, things about performing and, you know, I would do this and I would want that. And my stage persona would look like this if I got back into performing again. Mm-hmm. And I referenced Jacob Tobiah and Alok Vaidmanon and Jeffrey Marsh. And they're like, who? And I'm like, yeah, I just need my beard. Mm-hmm. And they were like, who? And I show them pictures. And they're like, oh, so that's you? And I explained to them the thing that I had explained before, probably here, that you know how our kids will look at the TV and especially number two will say, I'm that guy. He doesn't so much anymore, but he used to all the time. Every macho character, every hero character, every big bad character. Yeah. I'm that guy. I had never done that in my entire life until I saw. Because there wasn't that guy. There wasn't that guy on the TV. And then I saw them and I was like, oh, that's what he's doing. Uh I'm that guy. (laughs) I saw Jeffrey Marsh and I'm like, oh, I'm that guy. Uh Jacob Tobias, oh, I'm that guy. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. There, There was no that guy for us when we were growing up. No. So through those discussions where it becomes a tangential topic becomes a little bunny trail, and then we come back. Mm-hmm. I think I'm out as non-binary to my whole office of four or five people. Right. 
which is weird since we have one extremely conservative Christian. Well, that's that's good that they have another thing to understand. Yeah. So then we went to the schools and it was weird to watch people if they interacted with him or with me or with both and how that changed. Right. Because people are funny. People are funny. Yeah. And the women would look at me and sort of side-eye him because sort of like me, he he presents much more binary than his actual way of being is. Mm-hmm. So why are they side-eyeing you? They're side-eyeing him because oh. he's a guy. The women all side-eye him because... He's just the the dude from the state. He's just going to be talking at them. He's going to talk at them. Yes. Which I know is not going to be the case, and probably most of the principals know is not going to be the case, Mm -hmm. but they're used to some guy talking at them. Yeah. And so they see this heteronormatively presenting person, and then they see a feminist suit, and they say, I'm going to talk to her because she might actually treat me like a human. Right. You might listen. I might. Talk at Yeah. They have you guys backwards, though. Who knows? They do a little bit, I hate to say (laughs) it. You might not notice that you're talking at them. It's true. Yeah. That is true. (laughs) Um, And he will. Sometimes. Although out in the rurals, it was kind of wild. A bunch of... The farther rurals. I know. (laughs) (laughs) And the schools we were at had a bunch of primarily Latinx children being taught by a bunch of redneck white folk. And I won't say, like, redneck is not accurate because they're not, you know, yeehaw kind of folk, Uh but they're, you know, clueless, privileged, middle of nowhere white folk. Right, got it. And it's kind of wild watching these kids. And the teachers are just like, yeah, they can't do this stuff. They don't speak enough English to understand our tests. And we're like, that's your job! Oh, boy. Right? Yeah. So... You got works and I got works. Yep. And is there anything else at your work that's gendery or... Oh, you didn't get the job. No, they gave it to a woman. That's good. Yeah, I thought so. They Um, gave it to a woman who they hired from outside so they could pay them less. I think so. I think that in part... And I think also that people who come from outside of our group really want in because we have benefits. Yeah. We have health care. Yeah. And that person has been working in a supervisory position for a while, so they have examples. Whereas I talked to my work wife about this, her and I felt a little stunted in our conversations, like we should have practiced more about that because trying to give examples and not give away too much information... Uh-huh. Either about a client or about your boss or something. Mm-hmm. Because everybody knows each other there. Yeah. And so we felt a couple times during our interview, like, how do I say this without saying that part? Because your boss is one of the people who's doing the interviewing. No. Well, my boss's boss is. Okay. But any anyhow, all the people yeah, interviewing you me. You still don't want to like make else. it sound like you're bad talking someone. Right. Or giving away information about a client, you can't do that because there's, right. you know, laws about that. Right. Privacy laws. So we felt a little stuck on that, and this person probably didn't. But also, I hadn't interviewed in over 15 years. Right. So now my work wife had interviewed the last couple of times anything came up that could possibly be worth considering. Yeah. But she said she gets very nervous. Oh, my. So. But they gave it to a woman. But here's the other thing. They're hiring two people. The other person was the underling. Okay. She's a pregnant lady. Hmm. I was surprised. That's kind of wild. I was like, wow. Well, good for them. I know. They didn't discriminate against a pregnant lady. Yay. Impressive. 
Yeah. So you work for a good organization. Even if you didn't get the job, you I'm pleased with your people in charge of you. Yeah. It's not more money to stay in my same position, but it is very easy. Yeah. So except when it's mind numbing and yeah, well, brain mashing. Yeah. Well, I just have to work on that part myself to not let it do that to me. Yeah. So I did work on that quite a bit this past week. Right. I just took slightly longer walks when I took a break. And sometimes people are, are talky in the morning. Yeah. So I would stand there and Oh, everybody's being talky. Good job, introvert. Yeah. I approve of that. Doing Just trying to do stuff that's not, you know, not, mm-hmm. not doing something where I'm too long at the computer and, and then my brain is getting numb mm-hmm. from doing all the paperwork right. that no one will ever, ever, ever read. Right. So. Whee! <laughs> I help tests happen that will never be used to improve instruction. You make notes on clients that no one will ever use to further their treatment. No, they, they won't. And also, like, the files have to be all the same in case they're ever audited. Right. does happen every once in a blue moon. When's the but last they're not, time? They're not reading everything in the file. They're just looking for the pieces of paper that look like they have the stuff on them that you wrote. That's kind of wild. Yeah. They had some kind of audit the other day. Uh This is a funny thing. I heard about it. When they came in to audit files, whatever floor they start on, somebody quick goes to the other couple floors and tells them so they can, like, they were checking areas to make sure nothing was laying out. Okay. So quick, somebody went to the other floors and had them put everything away on their desks. That's totally great. Yeah. I approve. Go teamwork. It would be kind of funny if they didn't, you know? That would be silly. But yeah, you're not allowed to have stuff laying out. Uh-huh. Which I, I usually don't. Right. I just don't. It's not... Right. You know, I have drawers. Yeah. They lock. Okay. So there you go. Work continues. Gender uh, happens and work pays our bills. There you go. Yeah. I wonder if there'd be a way to get gender to pay our bills. Wait, you're already kind of on your way to it. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so is that it for now? That's it. We'd love to hear from you, so let us know what you think or what you want to hear about by emailing us at transpantastic at gmail.com or by commenting at our website, transpantastic.net. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and leave us reviews and star ratings. Disclaimer time. We are neither your doctor nor your mental health professional. We are here to discuss our own lives, so we take no responsibility for your decisions based on our discussions. If you are considering transition, please seek professional assistance. If you are considering parenting while transitioning, you definitely need professional assistance. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less than complete reproduction requires permissions of the hosts. Thanks for listening. Clocking. You're declocking. Yeah. <laughs> Is that anything like decloaking? Yeah, probably. Especially given. It's like cloaking. It sounds like decloaking, but it's cloaking. See, that makes sense because I clock you, but if I don't, then I declock you. Nope. You didn't clock in the first place. You have to clock in order to declock. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, now, you know, my brain, it won't let go of the metaphor. I'm like, okay, so that's like when somebody can't grasp, can't wrap their head around your status, but then they assimilate the information. They've declocked you. Probably. Okay. All right, Bob. <laughs> All right.
What? Birds. I'm not going to get them to shut up. No, you will not. Ha 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 ha!